there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before. And it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected. Other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. The Magnetic Center does not exist exoterically. You remember exoteric is relating to the external world. Esoteric is inner, hidden, meaning hidden from the five senses, whereas exoteric is obvious to the five senses. The outer form of everything is the exoteric form of it. The inner form is the esoteric form, the hidden form. So in a sense, you have an exoteric exterior, an external body, and you have a mind, and you have emotions, and you have thoughts, and you have feelings, and you have sensations, and you have a body that has a moving center, which of course is also exoteric, is, doesn't exist exoterically. It's an idea that signifies something. It's not an actual place. People try to locate the intellectual center, the moving center, the emotional center in the body. And it's a complete waste of time and energy, unless, of course, you understand it esoterically. If you understand it esoterically, then you don't have to be wasting your time and energy. But if you are approaching it exoterically from a ex purely external point of view, you're wasting your energy and you're wasting your time. But it's your energy and it's your time and waste as much of it as you like. That's what you're here for. You're here to suffer and waste time and waste your life until you realize that you're suffering needlessly, uselessly, unnecessarily, that you're wasting your time, your force, your energy, your life. When you realize that, then you have the possibility of taking a different course with the rest of your life. If I were God, I would say everyone has free will. You can do anything that you want. You have complete, absolute, total free will. If you want to jump off the roof and flap your arms, hoping that you'll fly and not come crashing to the ground at 32 feet per second per second, then you have the free will to do that. You have free choice. You can do that. If I were God, that's what I would do. But of course, if we were God, that is, if human beings were God, we would limit that. We would start to have laws that limited free choice and free will so that we could protect people from themselves and protect people from each other and ensure that no one could ever really learn anything on their own, that they could never develop on their own, that the only way they could ever develop, the only way they could ever improve was under law, and that law would have to be an external law that was applied to them externally, and they were forced through the law to develop. Since that's not the way this universe works, and that's certainly not the way we work, then I have to think that I must be God because everybody has free will. Either that or I just got it, that everybody has free will and we're self-developing organisms. And, and so there's no way that forcing someone from outside to do the right thing is ever going to make them change their being. They may change their outer appearance. They may change. They may smile on the outside. They may pretend. They may hide what they've stolen. They may hide the body after they kill them. They may do all of those things, but it's never going to make them be because we're self-developing organisms. It has to come from inside of us. And the only way it can come from inside of us is freely according to free will and free choice. So when we take choice away from people, we take it at the risk of disabling their ability to develop. 
something to think about the next time you decide to limit someone's choice. So magnetic center does not exist exoterically. It's not a literal thing. It's not external. Internally, it signifies is a symbol for. That's what signifies means. Signifies means it's a symbol for. It's a symbol for the power of seeing things on different levels. Now, this is very simple when you think about it, but we don't think about it much. See, we don't think about this work and what it means, which is one of the problems that we have as a group. Now, I don't know about everybody out there in podcast land. I know you pretty well, and you don't think about this work much. You think about your job. You think about your family. You think about what's for dinner, what's for lunch. But you don't think about this work much. When you do think about this work, you think about, and I'm not saying this is bad, you think about how it applies to you personally, but more often you think about how it applies to someone else, how that person needs to see that, that person needs to stop doing that, that person over there needs to stop treating me that way. So we think about it in that way, but we don't think about, well, what do I need to do? Well, what does this mean about me? Well, if I'm seeing that in you, what does that mean is in me? We do think of that from time to time, but mostly... Our center of gravity is in working on other people, not working on ourselves. If you can admit that, great. If you can't see that yet, that's okay. We've got lots of time, and there's lots of pavement out there. And remember that when we don't get something, we go back out to the pavement, smack our face on it a few more times, and when it hurts enough, then we start to look within. We start, instead of screaming, who's doing this to me? We start to say, why am I beating my face on the pavement again? This is the beginning of something happening for us. In a sense, it's magnetic center working. If magnetic center is the power of seeing things on different levels, then the ability to see things where we are is one thing. The ability to see lower than we are is another thing. So almost anybody can see where they are and a little bit lower than they are. And some people can see a little bit higher than where they are. Some people can extrapolate and see that in scale there is something higher. This is really magnetic center, the power to see things on different levels. Men, numbers one, two, and three, which are basically physical, emotional, and intellectual. That's what the work calls men, numbers one, two, and three. Man number one is physical, man number two is emotional, man number three is intellectual. Now that doesn't mean he's all one, but for our purposes we'll say uh, blue, green, and red. And that doesn't mean he's all blue, he's all green, or he's all red. It just means that the predominance is blue, green, or red. Now, we know that there are different shades of blue. There's blue-green. There's purple, which is blue and red. So there are different shades of all these things. There are different combinations. And that's why I use colors, because colors, and incidentally, blue, green, and red was arbitrary. It has nothing whatever to do with anything. The truth is it would probably be red, green, blue if you were actually to have any kind of intelligent application of the frequency of colors. Red would be the slowest, heaviest vibration, which would, of course, be the physical. Then green would be more balanced. It's between the two. And that would be more emotional. And then blue is more intellectual because it's toward the, the higher end of the spectrum. So it would be actually red, green, blue. So red would be the physical body. Green would be the emotional body. Blue would be the intellectual. This may make no sense to you now, but just remember it, and there may come a time when it is applicable to you. If right now the only thing that you want is what you can eat right now, you are living a very short-sighted life, which is fine. No one said you had to ever 
expand. <coughs> you don't have to. You can live hand to mouth if you want to. There's nothing wrong with that. It's that for people who want to develop, it's a good idea to have as many tools at their disposal as they can get. And it's also a good idea to be able to use those tools, learn how to use those tools, instead of be just a tool collector. Men, numbers one, two, and three, tend to be jealous. Well, we don't really understand jealous because it's from the Latin word zelosus, which means zeal, which is a great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or objective. Jealous and zealous are similar. There's a negative aspect to being zealous, and that is jealous. And there's a positive aspect to being zealous, and that is having a great energy, enthusiasm, zeal, in the pursuit of something. And it can be more positive. An intellectual type may see little value in a bodybuilder. Think back to high school, jocks and nerds. They didn't have much to do with each other. And the reason was because they didn't appreciate the other. Do you see what I mean about jealous? So a jock is jealous for jocks. Jocks are better. A nerd says, oh, jocks. He's jealous for nerds. The intellect is better. So he's not interested in the physical. That's what I mean by men numbers one, two, and three tending to be jealous. Magnetic center gives a sense of scale outside of life. In life, we have men numbers one, two, and three, jocks, nerds, and socias. So the soch is obviously the emotional one. He's out there doing all that. And the, the jock is the physical one, and the nerd is the intellectual one. So we have red, green, and blue again. Or we have jocks, socias, and nerds. Or we have man number one, two, or three. However you like to put it. I don't see any harm in looking at it from as many different perspectives as possible. Because maybe one of them will make sense to you. Maybe one of them will click for you. Maybe one of them will bring new meaning to you. And this is about new meaning. We're trying to get new meaning in our lives. If we look at everything the same way we looked at everything, we see everything the same way we've always seen everything, can you see that you can't possibly change? Your level of being can't possibly be altered by seeing everything the same way, by taking all impressions in the same way we've always taken impressions in. It's why we work in groups. You work in a group, and here's this person here, and we always take in this person this way. Somebody said something to me the other day. I said, well, talk to so-and-so about that. He said, well, we don't talk. It's in this group. And I said, well, you need to fix that, dude. You're right. Now, whether he'll fix it or not, I don't know. But there's no one else that can do it. There's no one else in this universe that can fix it. Well, what about the other person? The other person can't fix it. Only you can fix it. You're the one who said we don't talk. Now, you are the one who has to fix it. Why? Because you know that you now have a problem. There's someone you, in this group, you will not associate with. You will not talk to. Whatever your excuse, whatever your lie, whatever your reason, well, they don't talk to me. Well, they don't like me. I don't care. This work is not about who likes who. This, this work isn't about, this is not a social group. This is about changing our being, working on ourselves. And we have to just pass through that stuff if you want to develop. If you don't want to develop, then fine, make it a social group. It's not a very good social group if you look at it. I mean, it's just not a very good social group. There's got to be something of more value than just socially interacting with one another here. Because, let's face it, you can go almost any group and find a better social group than this because that's not our purpose. So we're not good at that. So we better get good at work <laughs> because or else we're not good at anything. So magnetic center, as I said, gives us a sense of scale outside of life. Man number one judges everything from the view of physical prowess. So what is important to man number one? Who's taller? Who's shorter? Who's fatter? Who's trimmer? Who's got more muscle? Who's stronger? Who can put who down on a mat? who can do more push-ups than somebody else, who can run faster, jump higher, 
that, that kind of thing. Make sense? Okay, so that's what man number one is interested in. So he looks at man number two. Let's say man number two is an artist. One of those guys who wears a beret, you know, and a little scarf and, and he, you know, and he like carries books and he walks around and you know, and he does paintings and then he writes poetry and he probably plays the guitar or maybe the flute or whatever. And so he's kind of like man number two. And man number one looks at him and just kind of despises him, ridicules him. He has no use for him. He doesn't really feel anything for him because he has no scale. Man number one has no scale. So someone who sees the world through the eyes of man number one he sees that the only thing that's really important is physical prowess. He sees the only thing that's really important is size, strength, power, speed, agility, those physical things. He's unable to appreciate man number two. He can't understand that the artist may contribute to culture, to the culture of life. He may be superior to him, and he can't see that because the only thing that he can see is I can beat that artist within an inch of his life. He can't be superior to me. Do you understand my point? So all I want you to do is just understand my point. This is the scale of life. Magnetic center gives us a scale outside of life. It gives us the ability to get beyond those tiny, limited, narrow points of view, attitudes, belief systems, emotional responses, reactions, and thoughts that keep us locked into a life of basically separation and hell, keeping us from being able to change our level of being. If feeling of scale comes from the physical senses, we see nothing higher than ourself. We're zealous for what we know, unable to see beyond our automatic fixations, our scale. So if you are man number three, then you worship the intellect. And you can't see any sense in bodybuilding and doing this and doing that and sports and all these things. But if you're man number three, then you look at the arts and you go, yeah, well, it's kind of a waste of time. Do you want to, you know, what do they teach you in art school? They teach you how to say, do you want fries with that burger? You know, that's a kind of an intellectual point of view, isn't it? Or either side could say that, couldn't they, about, about an artist. They could say, yeah, do you want fries with that burger? You're not going to have a trade, and you're not going to have an, a place in the intellectual world because you're an artist, and nobody really cares about artists because what do we, what we need them for? They don't feed us, and they don't you know, put satellites up in the air so that we can watch TV at night, and they don't brew beer or wine. So what? So what good are they? You know, so we don't really need them. You see what I mean? So it's that kind of it's that kind of scale, that kind of limited scale that hurts us, that keeps us bound to where we are. Whereas the magnetic center represents the power of seeing there's something far higher than ourselves, whether we're physical, emotional, or intellectual. Magnetic center gives us a place in the great ray of creation. Magnetic center gives us the ability to see way higher than ourselves and way lower than ourselves. Now, way higher or way lower may not be very far, but at least it's something. So we begin to have an appreciation for the people with physical prowess, if we're not man number one. We begin to have an appreciation for the artist, if we're not man number two. We begin to have an appreciation for the intellect, if we're not man number three. That is the power of magnetic center. You can already see that it is the power to unify. It is the power to understand. It is the power to change your own being by allowing more into your experience, allowing richer, fuller, different spectrum of impressions to come into you and nourish parts of you that go unnourished because you can't allow those in because of your limited perspective, because of your limited scale. Are we tracking so far? 
good. So just nod your heads every once in a while. I know this is kind of intellectual stuff, but it's for a reason. This work, unfortunately, because our emotional center is so dead, because it's so locked up in negative emotions, we can't really get this the normal way. We have to be fed intravenously because we can't really eat this food the way it's supposed to be eaten. We can't really take it in emotionally the way it's supposed to be taken in. We have to strengthen ourselves through taking it in intravenously until we can learn to purify our emotional center to the point where we can allow something to come in besides negative emotions. I see you got that because you look grim. <laughs> we're in such bad shape. Ooh. But we're not because we, we do. We're, we're like in the hospital. You know, we got the IV in our arms. You know, we got people taking care of us. Some of us are in intensive care. Some of us are ambulatories. But we're at different stages. But we're, but we're still in the hospital. We're still in trouble. And we still need to be brought to wholeness. Health is wholeness. We're not whole. We're fragmented as we are. And we need to become whole. And until we do, we won't really be healthy. So that's the idea. Like climbing a ladder, the higher one goes, the higher and lower one can see. It gives us a greater feeling of our nothingness, which comes from greater scale. When you can value men numbers one, two, and three, you have a greater scale. When you can value people who you used to turn off and not even listen to them, when you can actually stop and be present with a person who you normally would not listen to, you have grown in being. You have expanded your being. You have lifted your level of being. You have done something to change your being. I, I think that's really cool. It's like allowing someone to cut in line. If you're in a grocery store and you're in a hurry and somebody just cuts right in line. And you usually would say, uh, excuse me, the line starts back there. But instead, you just allow it. You smile. You don't do any internal consideration. How dare they? Blah, blah, blah. Who does he think he is? Doesn't he know that I was standing here? Blah, 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 blah. You don't do any of that. You just allow it. You know, I'm not in a hurry. It's okay with me. You surrender to it. You surrender to the moment. You say, I can live with this. I can do this. This is, you're in that much a hurry, go. Do you see the difference in your level of being when you, when you do that? Or somebody who cuts out in front of you and you blow the horn or you, you know, you're terrified, you're scared. And your initial reaction is to blow the horn and yell or whatever. And instead of doing that, you say, wow, I sure am glad I could stop in time. Then the person waves out the window and yells, sorry. That's okay. You know, I understand. I've done it myself. We've all gotten in places where we couldn't see very well, and we jetted out and was right in front of somebody, or we had a, a, a lapse in consciousness or lapse in awareness, and we did something, and we regret it the moment we do it, and it's like, oh... We feel bad about it. And it's always nice when the person feels regret or remorse about it because then we get to be superior and magnanimous and say, oh, okay, I forgive you. But when they don't, that's the time you really want to be able to change your level of being and be present and say, hey, dude, it happens to everybody. Go on your way. I hope you have a better day. Do you see that that kind of kindness could make a big difference in your personal world? That's what this is about. That's what this work is about. It's about taking charge of your level of being taking charge of your awareness so that you're not reacting to everything that happens in life, so that you start to become a self-actualized being, not something that is moved around like a piece on a chessboard by the events in life. For you actually have some choice about how you're going to respond to this person who cut in line, this person who cut out in front of you, this person who stole from you, this person who said something nasty about you. 
this person who offended you. You actually have some choice about whether or not to take offense. Everyone in life offers offense. You have some choice about taking that offense or not. You have the choice, if you're aware. If you're not aware, you have no choice. You have to react, unless you're dead. Dead chickens don't squawk when you pluck them. If you're dead, there's two ways to be dead. You can be dead and be in life, which of course is this whole idea of being born again. Well, you have to die first. What does it mean? Well, it doesn't mean to die physically. It means to die to the world. It means to die to yourself. It means to die to your ego so that you can be born again or be born a new man, a, a self-actualizing man, a man who is working on his consciousness, a man who is working on his awareness, a man who is working on his level of being. But it's like, yeah, that's what all esoteric teachings are about. How people miss the boat? Well, you've got to be born again. Well, how do you do that? Well, you just say these words. Well, that would be nice, wasn't it? wouldn't it? And, of course, all the people who are born again are all the most wonderful people in life, aren't they? No, they aren't. They aren't. Why? Well, because it doesn't do a thing, unless it does. And how do you know it does? Well, you don't know by just saying the words. You've got to have works. If you aren't doing what it is you're talking about, then you're just talking about it. You know, you've got to have something to go with it. I do digress, don't I? Yes, I do. I'll answer that for you. Ospensky suggested there were both false and multiple magnetic centers. False, weak, and right magnetic centers have a belief there's something else. So magnetic center is something that gives us a belief there's something more than life, something bigger than just put your nose to the grindstone, do this, do that, and then you die, and that's it. There's got to be something more. There's more of a purpose to life than just eating, drinking, procreating, getting stuff, enjoying stuff, and then dying. Magnetic center is what gives won the feeling of that. But Ospensky's idea that there may be a false magnetic center or weak magnetic center is an interesting idea. It's actually a positive idea. So let's say we have multiple magnetic centers. That would be what Ospensky called a weak magnetic center. It causes us to run after all kinds of mystical, magical, and pseudo stuff. You'll see people with magnetic, weak magnetic centers, multiple magnetic centers, who are interested in tarot cards, and they're interested in astrology, and they're interested in having their auras combed, and they're interested in having their palms read, and they're interested in phrenology so somebody could read the bumps on their head, and they're interested in iridology so someone will look at their iris and tell them what they were in a past life, or they're interested in this or that. And they have all these different interests, and they are shallow in that they're weak. Not one of those interests will ever lead to a real change of being. You know, I don't really want to get too pointed and, and, and make anybody wrong because it's not about people being right or wrong. It's about your magnetic center and strengthening it, acquiring it, or getting it on track, if you've got one. Feeling the inexplicability of everything is a sign of right magnetic center. What does that manifest as? Well, often it manifests as not knowing. The uncomfortable feeling of not knowing. The inexplicability of everything. The mystery of life is the sign of a strong, rightly developing magnetic center. Remember, the magnetic center is not a real thing. Magnetic center symbolizes the power of seeing things on different levels. The magnetic center is really a power that you have that comes to you from being able to see things in a broader perspective, not having to see everything the narrow way that you acquired as you were growing up and going to Sunday school and going and being educated and your parents didn't like these kind of people, so you don't like those kind of people. You stick to your own race and your own hair color and your own eye color and your own gender. Nope, so you've got to change genders or else you're on the other side, unless, of course, you're one of them, and then that's okay, too. But then, you know. So there you go, that whole thing. It's be being able to get beyond that. 
this magnetic center, right, this feeling of, of this right magnetic center, the inexplic inexplicability of everything, the, the mystery of life, it gives us a sense of the mystery that goes beyond self-emotions. See, we know that we're mysterious. There's stuff about us we don't know. We're all mysterious to ourselves. No matter how much we think we know ourselves, we are, we are still a mystery to ourselves. Because there's things we can't understand why we did that. We can't understand how we can think that. We can't understand why we keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's like, what's the matter with me? Why do, I, why do I do that? I hate doing that. I said I wouldn't do that. Now I've done it again. So there's a mystery about ourselves because we don't know ourselves. But I'm talking about a, a greater mystery, the mystery that goes beyond self-emotions, the mystery that goes beyond self-interest and self-love and, and self-gratification and self-adoration and all the other self-things that we have. False magnetic center involves curiosity, ambition to be great, tinfoil hats, magic feathers, and rides in UFOs. You know the type. You may have the tendency yourself. And if you do, that's okay. It's not something that you have to be upset about. It's something that you want to become aware of and you want to strengthen other things that are more productive and allow those things to just diminish through not being fed, not receiving impressions all the time, not getting energy and attention all the time. So just let them kind of become less active, become more passive, and then choose what will strengthen you and make that more active while you allow the other things to become passive. It's the belief that we can get something for nothing. And what that all comes from is no right sense of scale. You think about it. If you think you can get something for nothing, you don't have any right sense of scale. If you think you can get a bargain, a deal, a steal, your sense of scale is what is the problem. Your sense of scale is too small. You're not seeing that everything in this universe is connected to everything else in this universe. And that if I cheat you, I have cheated myself because it's all connected. And sooner or later, you will balance out the scales. When we feel a sense of the mystery of our own nothingness, personality is instantaneously decreased, connecting us with positive ideas which had the power to change our being. When you really feel the brokenness of your nothingness, when you have the wind taken out of your arrogant self-emotion sails, and you genuinely, and everybody's had the experience, everyone here, I know you have because I've seen it. Everyone in this room has had that experience, that brokenness that comes with really understanding, really feeling your nothingness, really seeing yourself in a scale, in a bigger scale, where you are in the universe, where you are compared to the absolute, world number one, compared to being down here, world number 48, the next to the last worst place in the ray of creation to be. When you see that, takes all of the spunk out of your ego. It takes all of the sting out of your false personality. Do you know false personality stings? It stings other people. It's a very hurtful thing. It stings other people. I had two people tell me yesterday, well, let me finish. One of them said it in a way that I said, oh, okay. And the other person said it in a way that I didn't say anything. I just shut up. One stung because it was the person's negative emotion that they were internally considering. You stepped on my communication. You were bad and wrong. You just should just, just shut up and let me finish. I have something to say and that kind of thing. And the other one was just let me finish. One came from false personality and the other one came less from false personality. To come not from false personality at all would probably be just let everything run its course. But we can't do that in our current condition. We, I mean, we may have moments when we can do it, but we can just 
hang in there for moments, and then we run out of energy, and the next thing you know, false personality is running automatically again. And I got to tell you, the first one felt better than the second one. The one where the person had less false personality in it, it felt better. It didn't feel great, but it felt better. And so I'm just saying false personality stings. Something we need to remember about false personality. It's one of the reasons we want to make it passive. Unless, of course, you enjoy stinging other people. If you do, then, then you'll end up at the beehive. Because if you, like to be, if you like to sting others, you'll get stung. That's how it works. Those who live by the sword, die by the sword. Those who live by the stinger, die by the stinger. And that's fine. That's exactly the way it should be. If I was God, that's the way I'd make it. But, of course, I'm not. So, Wrong sense of scale gives a feeling of judgment and superiority, which, of course, increases personality. If you have a wrong sense of scale, it's easier to judge other people. It's easier to see that you're superior. I have the physical body. I have the prowess. I'm bigger. I'm stronger. I can crush you. I am, therefore, superior to you. I am intellectually superior to you. Old age and treachery will win out over youth and idealism every time. And so you don't stand a chance. I've got more money, so I'm going to be, I'm superior to you. I am more creative, so I'm superior to you. No matter how you look at it, if you look at it with limited scale, that kind of limited scale, you're going to end up increasing the personality because it's this whole thing of judgment, feeling of judgment and superiority. It separates rather than unifies, whereas magnetic center unifies rather than separates. What we have to do is counter our states with positive ideas. Positive ideas help us to change our being. Negative ideas are not going to help us to change our being. Negative ideas are going to strengthen false personality because they're going to make us more mechanical, less conscious. I told you last week negative ideas have an attractive power. Negative ideas attract people unconsciously. If people don't consciously get in mobs and, and do riots. That's a completely unconscious thing. But people who get together in a group like this, you'll never see a group like this the size of a mob because it takes effort to be here. You have to be conscious. You have to try and remain aware. You have to try and work on yourself. You have to try and deal with the rubbing, the friction between you and the other people that are here in this room, the people who have nothing, whatever, in common with you except that they, too, realize that they are screwed up like you are and they want to raise their level of being. And you realize that they're screwed up too, and they need to raise their level of being. And there's the friction, because we start, we get off focus. We start to focus on their level of being instead of our own level of being. We start to focus on what's wrong with them instead of what's wrong with us. And once that happens, we lose our focus on ourselves, and we have friction, and we have heat, and we have suffering, and we have problems, and the weak leave, and the strong try and bully the others with superiority things, small scale. And eventually, if we stay with it, our scale broadens, and we begin to make progress. So here's some positive ideas. God as absolute. The ray of creation is a positive idea. The conscious circle of humanity is an idea that we're non-conscious and need to become conscious. If there's a conscious circle of humanity, if they're conscious people, we know we're not them. This is a positive idea. I know I'm not them. That's a positive idea. Because now I know what I need to do. I need to become conscious. I need to be more aware. I need to put more energy into this. I need to develop more force behind this. I need to focus better on this. I need to have a better shaped aim about this, a better defined aim and goal about this. I need to have other goals, stair-step goals that lead to that goal. There's something that I can do about this. Now, maybe not much, but at least I can wish right now. I can wish to be more conscious. I can wish to be more aware. I can wish to remember, to be aware, to be alert, to pay attention in this moment 
to be present right now. Magnetic center brings us into the work, but it can't keep us here without our own efforts. Yes, it's true. Magnetic center can bring people to this, but they will not stay just because they have magnetic center. They must make effort. You can go plant a garden in this area we live in. If you go plant a garden and you haven't planted it where there's water, you're not going to get much. This is a desert, and without water, things don't grow here. You're not going to have much of a garden if you just plant it. You may get the idea that I'd like a garden. That's like magnetic center. But it's not going to be a garden unless you make effort, and that's what this work is like. We must work on ourselves in connection with esoteric discipline that tells us how to work effectively. People can work on themselves. The people who are out there trying to work on themselves all the time, psychotherapy, psychology, self-help books, self-help seminars, workshops, all these different people doing all this different stuff, and how many of them actually change their level of being. When I say change their level of being, I don't mean just move their level of being for 72 hours. I mean change their level of being actually raise their level of being so that they are no longer the way they were. Well, fewer, fewer people than do the other. Let me just put it that way. We must will this work. Will starts from affection. Affection is valuation. If you don't have an affection for these ideas, you don't have any valuation for these ideas. You have to have an affection. Will is love. Will is love, people. People will like to talk about what love is. I'll tell you what love is. Love is will. Love is an act of will. If you are in a relationship with somebody and you've been in a relationship with somebody for a number of years, you know that love is an act of will. You know that it's not just some feeling. Oh, I just feel really good about you. Oh, you make me want to eat pizza with you and walk in the rain. That's nice. But if that's all you've got and you can't water that garden, you're not going to bear fruit there. It's not going to work. You've got to have more than that. It takes will because will is love. The will to love the will to join, the will to overcome, the will to submit, the will to surrender, the will to yield, the will to expand your scale and include other people. That's love. It's the unifying force of this universe. It is, if you want to look at it, God's will is what holds this universe together. The will of the absolute. What is the will of the absolute? The will of the absolute is love. Why? Because will is love. That's why. What holds it all together? The will of the absolute. What holds it all together? Love, it's the glue that holds everything together in this universe. Well, no, it's not. It's gravity. No, it's not. It's love. It's the will of the absolute. One emotion can overcome another if it's strong enough. Real love can really, honestly, conquer all. How do I know that? Because it has, and it always will. Because the will of the absolute will always, ultimately, be done. Well, how long will that take? That doesn't matter. In the absolute, there is no time or space. Time and space are things that we have here in our dimensions. Right magnetic center is only introductory. We must turn our sense of mystery, our seeking, our lack into practical work. Anyone can realize they love negative emotions. They're delicious and they give way to them too often. Anyone can do that. That's not enough. That's an introductory thing. You've got to be able to work on it. You've got to be willing to start weaning yourself from the delicious liquid of negative emotions. You've got to be willing to do that. You've got to be willing to wean yourself from your self-justification, from your internal consideration. You've got to be willing to work on externally considering other people, expanding your scale. The more we value emotionally, the more we are given help. The work works on us. 
the more we have affection for the work, the more it allows the work to work with us. You remember when you were in school? You remember the teacher that you just thought was you just loved? Do you remember that teacher? Did you do well in that teacher's course? Yes. Because affection, it opens you up to being able to be helped more. And that's what this work is like. When you have affection for this work, when you love this teacher, this work, this life, when you love it, it can help you more. When you don't like the course, <laughs> you aren't going to get much help. So this is why valuation is so very important. It's why affection for this work is so important. When I say this work, I mean esoteric ideas. I mean esoteric ideas and all that that means. It be the work begins to teach us between our automatic reactions to outer life. We can't be taught while we're having our automatic reactions to outer life. But between our automatic reactions to outer life, the work can seep in and find a foothold and take root. It enters when we stop identifying with the daily things that keep us in the fog of identification. Identification is a fog. You can't see in a fog. It can be so thick you can't see your hand in front of your face. When you're identified, you can't see anything other than what you're identified with. Events in life are like flypaper. We tend to get stuck on every little thing, making mountains out of molehills and worrying. Magnetic center may be created by contact with esoteric ideas and teachings. If someone doesn't have magnetic center, just being in contact with esoteric ideas and teachings and people who are working with them can begin to develop magnetic center in someone who didn't have it. Well, how is that possible? Well, how could it be possible any other way? You're a self-developing organism. It has to be possible or else you couldn't develop. And if esoteric ideas is the only road to development, then you have to be attracted to them somehow. So there must be a way to develop this broadening scale, the power of seeing things on different levels. There must be a way to develop that. And there is a way to develop it. Start to be around people and ideas that see things on different levels. And magically, you will begin to see things on different levels. Maybe not all at once, but slowly it will begin to develop. Our job is to take the work simply and apply it at every moment that we are able to remember it. If there's one thing that hinders the fourth way, I think it's the simplicity. We lose often in the intellectual pursuit of Enneagrams and diagrams, rays of creation and scale and this and that and hydrogens. I think we lose sight of the simplicity of it. Our job is to simply take the work simply and apply it at every moment that we're able to remember it. If you will do that, you won't have to worry about Enneagrams, scale, rays of creation, hydrogens. Forget all that stuff. Forget all that stuff. Just take the work simply and apply it at every opportunity. That is more valuable because that's what this work is really about. Because that is the only way to manifest goodness. You can talk about the truth forever, but until you actually start being good, being kind, being generous, being loving, being the kind of person that externally considers another, being the kind of a person that does not internally consider themselves, being the kind of person who knows is nothingness. It's, it's worthless. It's all about change of being. It's not about building up a big load of facts in your head so that you can write forever or talk forever or, or show other people and be a great teacher. It's not about that. It's about your nothingness, not about your somethingness. Today, humanity is at a crossroads. Individuals will either drop in level or choose to replace negative ideas with positive ideas. It's that simple. It's that basic. They'll, they'll either choose to replace negative ideas with positive ideas, or they will mindlessly, unconsciously be attracted to negative ideas and be pulled along by them. 
Only positive ideas can change being. There appears to be some confusion about change of being. Change of being is self-development. If you say people can't change their level of being, people's being doesn't change, then you are saying that you cannot develop. If you're saying you cannot develop, you are a fool to be wasting your time doing this. Just that simple. If we change being, even a little, by not disliking so readily, by not identifying with every life-supplied opportunity to worry, the taste of our life will change. But, but will I change? Will my being change? Look, if the taste of your life changes, your being has changed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Don't look for outer signs. Go by the taste, because the taste is more sensitive. And being change, changes slowly for most of us. So go by taste, not by degrees out there. Not by how many times you fail, but if your life tastes different. If it does, you've changed your being. Woohoo! Be happy. I am. I'm happy that your being is changing. I'm happy that my being is changing. Why not be happy? Either we will fall under the influences of the big machines of life. What are the big machines of life? Politics, finance, war, mass propaganda, just to name a few. Or we'll reach for something higher. If you're going to be all caught up in politics, I'll see you when the election's over. Come back, and we'll start to work again. If you're going to be all caught up in the war, when that war is over and we have that little space between wars, I'll see you back here then, and we can work on being. If you're going to be all about making money and finance, when you've made it and you're happy, come back here, and we'll work on getting rid of it. <laughs> and mass propaganda? I don't even want to talk about it. Look at it. It's everywhere. Read the papers, watch television, the movies, everything. It's all mass propaganda. And we're very suggestible. So either that, we either are going to fall under those influences or we're going to make the effort to reach for something higher. These are exciting times that we're living in. In fact, this is the greatest time to be alive. Now is the greatest time to be alive. And I know that because I'm alive right now. And this is my chance. This is my opportunity. This is the time that I have. This is the moment that I have. And it's the greatest moment. It's the most pregnant moment. It's the most opportune moment that there has ever been. On one hand, we have barbarism, violence, and loss of truth everywhere we look in the world. Violence is what we do to one another with our stinging false personalities. And loss of truth is that which enables us to enter into barbarism and violence. On the other hand, we have the positive ideas of esoteric teachings that can be the arc that's built by us, applied by us, entered into by us, to survive the flood of the barbarism, the violence, and the lack of truth in the world. These are the best of times. Yes, they're the worst of times for some people. But for us, for those who wish to enter the ark and survive the flood, the best of times, because the flood is here and the ark is here. And we know what to do. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or a person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at SolidRockVista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track. <laughs>